Hey y'all, welcome back to the DIY Entrepreneur's Reaction Show. I'm so glad you decided to tune in with me tonight. Go ahead and hit that like button and become a subscriber to the channel if you're not already a subscriber. I would really appreciate that. Today we're going to be reacting to a, the second episode of Queen Boss, which is a woman's entrepreneurship pitch competition where they're going to be vying for an opportunity to win $25,000 at the end of the season. And so, so far what we've seen in, as the format for the show is round one, they're going to be pitching their business and introducing their business to a panel of celebrity judges um, who are entrepreneurs in their own right. And then they're going to be one, two people will be picked to go along for round two and then in round two, they're, they're going to be given some type of business challenge to, to complete in order to go ahead and go to the uh, semifinals. And so what we saw last time from the first episode is that the judges will be making their criteria based on three P's, which is the product, the potential of the business, and also the entrepreneur's passion as they express what they need the money for and what they're doing for the community with their business. All right. And so again, this was my first time finding this and seeing this. So I'm excited to uh, react to it and just get my first impressions of the businesses that we'll be introduced to. And I love the idea that it's women entrepreneurs, right? And so let's check this episode out, see what the business challenge is going to be, and also see what business that we'll be introduced to. Hello, my name is Anitra Michelle. I am the founder and creative director and head designer of Plutocracy. Plutocracy is a clothing collection. When I started in this industry, I was a pattern maker apprentice for Vera Wang. I also worked with Lam Vin. I also worked with Carl Lagerfeld. And so I decided I wanted to do Plutocracy for women that had vision, women that were had their own independent style, and women that wanted something that was versatile. People loved it, you know, like we, you know, were in stores in France and US. And then, you know, I kind of started to feel as I moved forward that I felt like plutocracy wasn't speaking to me as a woman. And so I kind of decided to take a step back and really decide what would make plutocracy speak to me. At the time, I had the opportunity to move to France. So I moved to France for a little over a year, thought about my creative direction. And so I decided to do a relaunch and I decided to start off with kimonos. And so this is what you see me wearing. My idea is to produce for women who have a vision, women who want something special, and we hope Plutocracy is that. I have a question. Yes. Before she gets, before the judges start to speak, kudos to her. I heard a couple of things in her pitch. I heard that one, she has experience. She has experience with working for high-end designers, and so she understands, she may understand the marketing that it takes to really target those high-end prices and she has some real good experiences and she had a very good eye-opening experience for her and I think that's important for entrepreneurs and creative people in those spaces um, she said her first collection it wasn't really speaking to her in the time that she was in and sometimes as artists, as entrepreneurs, we like to evolve, we like to grow, and we want our work to resemble that we have grown. 
And so kudos to her for the courage that it takes one to put down some other things and then go some go after another vision. Sometimes it's hard for that. Sometimes we could get stuck in what's working for us and we just continue on in that cycle because it works. And I mean, I just give her kudos for being able to have the courage to take a step back from some things, understand that she has grown, that she's now different and she wants clothing or she wants to design clothing that speaks more to her growth that she has already experienced. And so kudos to her. But she does. She definitely has the background in the history. Uh, we're working with high, high end designers, and what that could do. And I wonder what the price point is for her clothing. So let's check it out. So the core line is kimonos, but then I see additional pieces here. Yes. So initially, when I started out, I, I um, designed six seasons. So that's why you see a little bit of a diverse uh, look, is because I wanted to give you an idea of everything that I had up here. Historically, what was your most popular piece? I don't even think it's up here, but I had a coat that I did. It was a wool coat lined in silk. We need that coat. Yeah. Where is it? I've already produced it. I'm moving on. Do you like making money? Of course. OK. Fashion is so lucrative, but it's also such a huge risk. So if you do have a piece that has been more popular, I feel like it would be smart to kind of expound on that piece. What are your price points on your pieces? The kimonos run between seven and eight oh, fifty. Okay. Um, this kimono is a little bit more expensive. I don't know a woman that wouldn't want that look at some point in their life. I'm telling you right now, that black and white number right there, I got my eye on that. That kimono you having on, I'm, I'm trying to have that. That little blazer right here, I could work that all the way. <laughs> is there a reason why you have not created something in a price point that is affordable to our average consumer? So far, I've really just taken it to be what it costs me to make, I have to really make a profit from it, you know? You really ought to think about making it work for every woman at various price points. Because what you talk about with such passion, you want women to feel a certain way in your clothing because you do. So why not create that for every woman? Okay. How much money is this company making? We are just starting sales now. And so when you took that break, you completely shut down all production. I absolutely did. It was financially draining me. And that was one of the things that I really felt like, take a step back. And so if we were to award you this $25,000 seed money, how would you use it? I would definitely use it for production processes. I would at least be able to do a collection and a production or two collections if I decide to go and sell to wholesale. Let's be honest. I mean, we see the talent here. That is, it's overwhelming. However, you have admitted that the first time around, the company basically just did not succeed. So how are we to know that if we awarded you this money? That's not what she said. She didn't say she didn't have success. At least that's not what I, maybe I just heard it wrong. I, I don't think she said it was draining her financially. I remember her saying that. And so she was spending money after that. I guess I could see how they came up, how she came up with that conclusion. I just kind of thought that it was with her growth in life, her, you know, her continued growth. But I didn't say, I didn't hear her say that it wasn't successful. And sometimes as entrepreneurs, we have to be careful with labeling the things that we have done as being not successful. 
because I'm sure she learned some things. And so is successful just a dollar amount or is successful really being able to fulfill some type of satisfaction within yourself as well as the financial gain? Because she said she took a step back because her clothing wasn't speaking to her in that moment anymore. And so... You know, I'm just kind of leery to what Judge Lauren just said as far as basically she said it wasn't successful. So let's just hear what else they have to say. We wouldn't make that same fate again. One of my biggest things is I have a son and I really wanted to show him that if you want something, you go after it. I think for me, I just, I want to succeed for him. I don't want to fail. I want to make this, you know, I want to make this mine. I want people to know what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And I think every artist wants that, you know? I want people to feel comfortable and be themselves. You cannot be anyone else. You can only be you and be the best you can, you can be. Amen. I got a chill when you just said that. Amen. Thank you, Anitra, for giving us your pitch. Please take a seat in the reception area. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. I felt like they had tough questions, but they also gave me a lot of feedback as far as things that I hadn't really thought about that I could say as a designer and a brand. That's what's so great about having such accomplished and well-thought women, you know, across from me. Mm. She better go on and leave that Stop kimono. When I come back, I might have one on. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's see who's coming into the conference room now. My name is Safira Martin. I'm from Queens, New York, and I'm the chief curator and founder of Sassbox. Sassbox is a subscription lifestyle box service for women to be confident and to tap into their black girl magic. Sassbox aspires to promote and uplift women of color and really, really promote the fact that we are sisters and we can all fit in and that there's room for everybody. Sassbox also will be donating proceeds to breast cancer research. My mother is a good survivor, strong survivor of breast cancer, and it's something that I hold very near and dear to my heart. Breast cancer has affected our family, but we've come out resilient and strong, just like many, many black women across the nation, across the world. I love being a black woman. I love everything that Black Girl Magic embodies, and that's why I have Sassbox. What's in the box? It's an amazing product that's only $20 a month. Sassbox. What's in the box? Um, that's pretty much it. Anything else? You know what? I really want to understand more about you and your background. So I'm from Queens, New York. I'm 26 years old. I began Sassbox in January of 2016, and I saw a need for it. I do really believe in the power of sisterhood, black women growing together, and black women businesses, and that's why I have Sassbox to promote it. Let's talk numbers. How much money have you made thus far off of Sassbox? Monthly, I've made roughly $100 to $200. I have about 10 subscribers. Is this profit or is this gross? It's gross. How much expense goes into creating this SAS box? I would say roughly around 50 to 55 because, again... 50 yeah. to 55 what? Dollars. So it costs $55 to create it? Yes. You have 10 customers. 10 customers? Yes, ma'am. So that's $550? Correct. And 
they're paying how much for this? $20 a month. So you're losing money every month. I am losing money, and I'm reaching inside of my personal pockets just to promote Sassbox. I believe that it can be a... I'm gonna need her to get to... I'm gonna need somebody to ask the question. <laughs> What's in the box? The SAS box is $20 a month. We haven't heard anything about what comes to you every month for $20 a month. Even though that's not a big cost. And as it's already been, you know, drilled down, she's losing money per month to do it in the beginning. You know, some things it takes a it, it takes an expense. It becomes an expense in the beginning. So we understand that as entrepreneurs. But what's in the boxes? <laughs> Be a profitable business if I get the correct funding to help grow Sassbox. So Safir, this is something that concerned me. During your entire pitch, you never showed us what was in that box. Because right now, I'm just looking at a pink box with a sticker. I'll be happy to show you what's inside the box. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got you. So this is a SAS box. Everyone receives a letter, welcome letter, and it has our social media on there as well. And you'll have sip for SAS, coffee mug, on the run, gotta catch a cab, I need my coffee, lit Brooklyn candle, Renata Del Carmen natural exfoliator, and two cute lip colors to get you popping. Thank you. Thank you. She needs a sales pressure. So Safira, I'm looking at that box and I'm thinking to myself, another coffee mug for the cabinet. <laughs> it, it feels like I'm just gonna be getting a whole bunch of stuff. Why is this important? Why do I need this? The thing about Sassbox is it's promoting confidence. I don't need confidence. I don't need confidence. I want to know why I need the things in the box. It promotes confidence. You're rough. <laughs> this should be infectious. And, and the fact that you only have 10 subscribers tells me that it's not. You're not engaging and you're not having the conversation with women because if it were bringing confidence, unique products, a position that says you can't do without this box. We would have known that in the first five minutes. Yeah. Well, it may not be for you because... No, 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 no. no, no, no. Now you just lost now a buyer. Now you lost a... No, no, no. You've got to show me why this box enhances my life. Well, it may not be for you because no, 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 no. Now no. you just lost now a buyer. Now you lost a no. no, no, no. I wasn't saying that the product isn't for you. There, the product is definitely for you. Okay, so don't lead with that sentence because no, right. right now I just right. closed it up and said, "Well, take it back because it's taking up my table space." I mean, and honestly, there are some really great things that you're doing here. I love that you know you have the pink box and it's very significant towards the breast cancer movement and everything you're doing. I think that is all like super positive so you know you are doing a good thing here but I think that we just really want to see how this is really unique the thing that's so special about Sassbox is it's not just your everyday oh I need to go get something for me these products make you feel special how do they make us feel special it gives you a sense of pride 
It's like, wow, I'm really using a product by an African-American woman who's trying to thrive in this business? Yes! Now we're in church. Safira, thank you so much for your pitch. We need you to take a seat in the reception area. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for hearing me out. Thank you. There's still some steps that I have to take, but I'm honestly still on a natural high from even being able to have this opportunity. And again, this is an old series. So this was filmed in, or aired in 2017. She says she just started her box in 2016. So sometimes it takes us just putting our thoughts into action and seeing what the people will say about it. That's that social proof part. You know, we have a proof of concept that people need confidence. People can use something that's delivered every month that they can be excited about, ooh, what's in it this month? I wonder, I'm thinking it's different things because it's $20 a month. But I like the concept. So she understands that she has the proof of concept that subscription boxes work. And so, so now, now she just has to put that social proof to it to make sure she selects products that again, inspire that uh, confidence that she's speaking about and really want people to feel good about themselves. Cause this is a great marketing uh, opportunity for other people who have small products that wouldn't mind being able to go into a box of many other different products and being just kind of a marketing tool for that business. And so now she just, you know, she's just a year in, a little over a year in trying to prove her concept or trying to get that social proof that she needs in order to make her business a hit. So, you know, grace to her as she continues to go. But let's see, let's check out the next one. It'll probably hit me later. <laughs> I like this box. She needs to do her homework. Time to take another meeting. My name is Brick Edwards. I'm a social entrepreneur, and my company is called Oya. Oya, because we owe it to pay it forward to our military. Each year, 250,000 veterans enter the civilian job market, and half will face a period of long unemployment. So our solution is our web-based platform called Oya, which uses machine learning to match the long-term and short-term goals of companies with outstanding military talent. Every project that they place on OES platform is going to be matched with the candidate that they're gonna love to hire. Girl, this is complicated. No. I'm a pretty smart girl, and I've been trying to listen and figure this out. No. <laughs> Judge Lauren is tough, baby. She is, baby, she don't pull no punches. But what I understand, about Oya is it's a kind of like a recruitment type of platform and so for people who are fresh out of the military it's kind of like matching a corporation or getting a corporation to hire them with based on their the goals that they have for the company that's what I got from it on the first uh, go around so let's see if that's what it is but it's complicated how does this work? Uh, to tell you a little bit about how Oya works, I can tell you a story from our MVP prototype phase. 
Um, we matched a Navy veteran named Greg. He lives in Ohio and he comes from the intelligence community. When he retired from the Navy, he found it incredibly difficult to find work. And so we matched him with a three-month business development project with a company here in New York City. So this is what we want to do for our veterans. Just to be clear, this is not a nonprofit. This, this is, is not a nonprofit. For-profit business. This is a for-profit business. And explain to me exactly how it makes money. So what we do is we charge a membership fee, $200 per quarter, that we charge our companies, and they get an allotment of 10 project hours per month. It's almost like an employment meets dating service. Yeah. How many um, veterans do you have in the Currently database? we have 80 veterans and we onboard two to four veterans per week. And how do vets find out about you? We have both staff, military advocates that are both in the veteran space and the active duty space. If you got the $25,000 fund, how would you utilize that? So I want to bring on somebody who does sales engagement because it's not just about sailing to just any startup. We want to make sure that these are employers that are going to be engaged on our platform. I, I just want to know a little bit more about your inspiration behind the business. It's really difficult to find employment and we want to combat that. So I, instead of just like, you know, complaining about an issue, I wanted to address the issue. The root of what you're trying to do is wonderful, but why? Where's that coming from? What happened in your life? What did you have to overcome? Tell us about that. I'd rather not, actually. Why? Why? Because I don't want it to divert from the attention of what we're trying to do for veterans. The passion and the reasoning behind this, it's what's missing. No, it's just that I don't really have a perfect answer for you right now. I'm not asking for a perfect answer. Now that's rough. She don't even have an answer. I would think that what inspired her was because she served or somebody, her, one of her parents or somewhat a parent figure served and it was very difficult for them to get jobs coming out of the military, which we, all, we already know that's a fact, right? And so the fact that she actually said, I'd rather not share that with you now we got people like, girl, what happened? <laughs> and so now because of the way that she answered that question, it creates doubt in the judge's mind, or at least it, we, it will create doubt in my mind as to, you know, why are you doing this? Where, where does this come from? Every business should come from some type of pain point. And so the fact that she don't want to answer that question is kind of suspect to me. But let's, let's keep on, because you know Judge Lauren will go get down to it. So let's see. <laughs> Answer. I'm just asking for your truth. I have military in my family. I've lost um, my cousin uh, while he was active duty. And I know like all the stresses and all the things that happen when you lose a family member. I've always been a person that's like, I'm going to create a path for myself, but I'm also going to create a path for somebody else. It's part of my mission as a person is to help other people. It's always been that way, where I want to help other people to achieve what they, their greatness. It's so... And so maybe one of the reasons why she didn't want it to divert from that was because she know it's an emotional thing for her and so to explain it 
it would mess up her makeup it would get her kind of off of you know this presentation platform and get her into that emotional feeling um but i think for entrepreneurs we have to be vulnerable enough to get into that space you know um and so i'm glad that she finally shared it and we can tell that she got choked up and she just got real emotional telling her story but sometimes as us as entrepreneurs we have to kind of get into that place where we can be vulnerable especially when we're seeking some funding and we're seeking some help and some resources for what we believe is what we believe is very near and dear to our hearts so kudos to her for just being able to share that whole emotional story at this moment so well thought out I must tell you and I you've made it very hard for companies to close the door in the face of our military and and I love that I would encourage you to make that a part of your story mm -hmm. thank you Barika and thanks to your family for your service thank you please take a seat in our reception area okay thank you when you're a social entrepreneur it's even harder to talk about your business because you have to balance the mission with the business model, but the business model is strengthened by the mission. Mm, there's passion. Mm -hmm. An honorable cause. Yeah, and when something keeps you up at night like that, yeah. Hey, how'd your pitch go? I think it went pretty well. In everything, I like to take things as a learning lesson, so I definitely, this is, it was a learning lesson, but I felt good about it. It was a good learning experience. I kind of came into it like, you know, okay, I'm gonna just, if I don't know my business, who does? And so I just tell them what yeah. I know and <laughs> answer the questions as best I can. Hardest thing is we're early stage, so we're still like baby stage right now. Like we're not there yet, but we can get there very quickly with funding, right? Right. I, we all can get there very quickly <laughs> with funding. funding. That's yeah. true. Oh man. Judges, what did you think of Anitra and Plutocracy? I think that she is incredibly talented. I think there's no doubts that her designs are great. Yeah. It's really a question of the potential with the sales. She should have learned from working with Carl Lagerfeld, who designs for Chanel and Fendi and his own line. She should have gotten some takeaways from that. I need her to think like a businesswoman and not just an artist. I, I believe she has incredible potential, and I want to make sure her vision is as huge as her talent. Mickey, what did you think of Safira and Sassbox? She's such a baby, and I really wanted to root for her. But when you come to me with a box, you better just make my head spin three times. And I didn't see that. I really was excited when she opened the box to see what was in there that was going to, you know, benefit and add to the African-American woman, because that was her whole pitch in the beginning, that it was black girl magic. But when I saw the products, I kind of felt like they could be marketed to anybody, so that she shouldn't really be limiting the box to just one particular girl. Her messaging does not match up with the product, and I am really troubled by it. In my mind, I've been thinking of 20 ways for her to market this. I mean, there's a thousand things she could do with this box, and yet, all she's telling me is it's about confidence. I think this could be a great seller, mm -hmm. if she got it right. So what did you think of Barika? 
The business model and her pitch definitely needs work, but I felt her passion for what she was doing and I felt that she's not gonna give up on these veterans and she really has a deep passion to get these people hired and get, get them work. I do think she's hiding a critical piece to the brand story and that's herself. I'm concerned as well. This is this a non-profit. Yeah. Because she could run a non-profit and, and she would have a salary yeah. and things like that. But if you're gonna run a business, you gotta figure out how to make the profit. All right, ladies. Well, who's going to move on to the business challenge? <laughs> I think we know who we want to move on to the business challenge. Anitra, we absolutely love everything about your designs in line, but we are worried that you may be an artist only and not a boss. Safira, your potential is endless, but I think that you really need to go back to the ground with this and think it through. Barika, I know that you know, employment service companies can be very successful. My concern is that you are approaching this for-profit business with a non-profit mindset, and that you need to improve upon. Entrepreneurs, we've all been impressed by your pitches, but unfortunately, one of you will not be moving on to the round two business challenge. The entrepreneur who's going to take her business elsewhere is Entrepreneurs, unfortunately one of you will not be moving on to the round two business challenge. The entrepreneur who's going to take her business elsewhere is Safira. Please leave the conference room. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I'm a little frustrated, to be honest, but this doesn't stop me. While I am going home, I'm excited to move forward. Congratulations, Anitra and Barika. Now it's time to test your skills and see if you have what it takes to be a CEO in our business challenge. In today's business challenge, we'll be testing your negotiating skills. Mm -hmm. You are going to the famous Chelsea flea market where you will take $20 and use it to purchase an item. From there, you will beg, borrow, and deal with the flea market vendors in order to upgrade that item into a higher priced one. You'll have 25 minutes to negotiate, and when time is up, you can only have one item left in your hands. You'll each have your final items appraised by a flea market expert. The entrepreneur with the biggest profit from the initial $20 funding wins. Okay, All right, ladies, challenge. get to work. Anitra and I are going to the Chelsea Flea Market and we have 25 minutes to spend $20 and make a huge deal. My strategy here at the flea market is to get a few things so that if I find someone to barter with, I have a couple of things that I can talk up and get exactly what I need. I'm looking for something fun and unique. Well, I have a lot of that. 
I landed at this booth because it looks like he has a lot of good things of quality. It's from India, wow. What else can you tell me a little bit about it? I feel it's very important to know the history of these pieces so that I can be able to know what it's possibly worth. This was one of the cooler items I found uh, that was also from South Carolina. You can tell just from the clothes and the age, it's at least 40, 50 years old, easily. I'm not really a craft art person, but I knew that this was actually quality because the way that the material felt, even the way that it sat. Can I make a deal with you? Sure. Can I do both these two for 20? How about 15 for? 15? Okay, fantastic. Thank you, sir. No problem. So for this handmade Italy piece, is that as low as you can go? Okay. Oh, for a very beautiful woman with red lipstick. Maybe. <laughs> All right. I do know how to negotiate well, and sometimes being a woman does help with that. What is this over here? Moments to remember. It's like a, kind of almost like a gold record. Oh, okay. How much is that going for? It's $10. Is that the best you can do? Um, 12 would be the best. What? No way, let's go the other way. I could do nine. I could give you eight and feel good about it. Oh, you got it. Uh. All right, so eight out of 20? Yeah. The pressure is setting in. I feel like the time is running out. Would you be interested in trading? No. no. Time is running out. And I have to barter off. Ah! I would have took that piece. It's okay. I got ten minutes left. Ten minutes. Twenty-five minutes for this challenge is a short time, but I'm hoping my negotiation skills work, and that in the end, I'm appraised at a high value. Can you tell me about this? That's it's called lover glass. Mm-hmm. What's it made from? What's that material? It's silver plate. When I talked with the vendor, he told me the chalice was um, something about the meeting of two people who were in love. I might could do that for five bucks. And I was like, all right, this sounds valuable. Hello. Time is almost up and I haven't traded my item up at all. Can you tell me a little bit about this doll? Actually, it's a voodoo doll. Oh man, yeah. wow. They believe a lot in yeah. black magic. Yeah. It's a voodoo doll. It's a voodoo doll. I picked up a voodoo doll. <laughs> I know I should barter up, but I think this doll is the best option I've got. <laughs> Thank you. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Where is somebody with something? I need to exchange it. I'm walking around the flea market. I have a bag full of items, and I'm hoping that I can barter with somebody. So how about this? I need you to consider the gold record. I only do liners. I don't do records. Oh. I'm not going to be able to make a trade, um, and I feel a little bit like I hope this doesn't mess up my chances in the challenge. Damn it. I'm giving in this chalice, and I could win or lose, so oh, I'm just going to wait and see. Let's hope. Welcome back to the conference room, entrepreneurs. Rebecca, tell me, when you entered the market, what was in your mind? I wanted to try to find something that had a story that was interesting, so that if I did want to barter, it would be something that somebody else would actually want. It seems you were 
focusing on the story of the item, not necessarily the value in the moment. Is that similar to what you're doing in your company? Because our concern has been with you that you are approaching a for-profit entity with a non-profit mindset. Is that a strategy we can trust in business? She hit that on the nail. Absolutely. Right? We care more about what we're buying and what we're getting and where it's coming from. And we want to know the quality of our candidates on our platform. And we want to know the quality of the companies that we work with. Because that's what actually people want. Anitra, with your strategy, you knew at the end that you could only choose one item. Why did you buy three? With one item, I would have had to still exchange it. So I thought if I had, like I said, multiple items, I had multiple to choose from. I guess what concerns me is when I look back to your business, that you have a solid concept in your kimonos, but then you have all these other pieces that you've designed. And I just wonder if there's a challenge in your ability to focus on one great thing. I understand that concern, but I feel like with the kimonos, that was my way of coming back and grounding myself and really providing that focus and being able to move forward. Entrepreneurs, I've had your items appraised, and now it's time to see who turned the bigger profit on their initial $20 funding. Barika, your item appraised at $40. That's a $20 profit. Anitra, your item appraised at $25. So the profit is five dollars. Who would have thought that the doll won? <laughs> Boy, I tell you, listen, just go to a professional and get your items appraised. Go to a professional. That's where the money is at. The the doll cost forty dollars. Was valued at forty dollars, y'all. And the chalice with the little hearts, the two hearts meeting together, that was only $25. Rika, you have won the business challenge. Awesome, wow. thank you. Wow, congratulations. And remember entrepreneurs, just because you win the business challenge doesn't mean you are moving on to the semifinals to compete for the $25,000 Queen Boss Startup Fund. The judges will make that ultimate decision based on your performance in both the pitches and this business challenge. Anitra, why should we consider you to be queen boss? I have talent, I have vision, and with the $25,000 startup fund, I would actually do production for my kimonos, and I've also started to move forward and maybe diversifying with price as well. I feel that this would give me the opportunity to be the financially successful creative entrepreneur that I know that I can be. Varika, why should we consider you to be queen boss? Well, as a CEO, I have the leadership skills. I've been creating remote teams nationally and internationally. If I went $25,000, I know exactly where I would put it. One is our outreach and marketing and being able to reach out to the startups within the community. They're ready and they're willing to hire our vets. But most importantly, I cared so much about Oya. It's a great way for me to honor people so that they don't have to go through what my family went through. Oya changes lives and we all owe it in this room to pay it forward to our military because we wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. Thank you, ladies. Please wait in the reception area. Good 
I am nervous. I know that I won this challenge, but I don't know if it's enough to go to the semifinals. There's a chance that I could go home. There's only two of us, and one of us definitely has to go. Judges, have Anitra and Barika both shown us that they have the product, potential, and passion to be queen boss? With Anitra, I think that the product is there. She's talented and we know that she can create. I do believe that she does need to focus in and concentrate on a signature item. Anitra has what it takes. She just has not clearly defined her brand. She has to recognize that you cannot be all things to all people. She has a solid anchor in those kimonos that she can market at any price point. Why not develop that instead of trying to be all over the place? That girl is they keep drilling in on her focus. I think they latched on to the mindset of an artist for her. And of course, I'll take a step back because we didn't hear the full pitch. We have to assume that a lot of information was cut out from what was aired and what made it to you know the show. And so I understand. But given what they decided to show us, I don't, they keep going back to her having one focus and she has said that in the beginning she had multiple, she had six collect, six seasons in the beginning. She felt like that didn't speak to her and so she took a step back and came back out and she has different type of kimonos there to show and even in her closing she said, I'm going to focus on my kimonos and really ramp up, um, you know, really ramp up production for that. And so they keep going into saying that she doesn't have a singular focus. I haven't heard that in what they decided to air and put on for this show. And so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of ticking me at, at some point because they keep going for that. So let's just see. So talented. I mean, she has got so much creative talent. It is insane. My question is, is she ready now for the $25,000? Now, Barika, her product, which is more of a service, the potential for it is there. I do feel that she needs to really figure out if this is a nonprofit organization or a for-profit organization and really how she's going to approach it. But her passion, 100% there. I admire her commitment and her desire to hear people's stories. I mean, as, as an attorney, I get that. But in a business capacity, I will say, the time she takes on these stories, I don't think it's realistic in the real world of business. Barika, I think she is a hair away from being overwhelmed. She's too emotionally attached to the cause. I admire her passion, but I think that it's just a matter of time before it gets in her way. And you That's know, with Barika, I understand everything you guys are saying, but just what she's doing is so honorable. Do you guys think there might be a way to make a business out of it? If I she did change her business oh, let's strategy? Oh, let's be clear, let's be clear. There is the potential. Yes. The question is, does she have... I love, and I keep, my eyes keep catching Vanessa's fingernail polish. I love that little orange with the little gold in it. That is so cute on her, but let's, let's The go. team in place that are able to deal with all of the variables. Isn't the cause worth the risk? This is a tough one.
entrepreneurs, one of you will advance on to the semifinal where you will have a one in six chance to win a $25,000 startup fund and the title of queen boss. The other will be going home. The entrepreneur who's going to take her business elsewhere is Farika. Please take your business elsewhere. Thank you. My name, Barika, means queen, which means that I'm already a queen boss. And you know what else? All you entrepreneurs out there, especially African-American women entrepreneurs, go in confidence. You're a queen boss too. Amen. Congratulations, Anitra. Our judges think that you have the product, the potential, and the passion to be queen boss. Thank you, thank you ladies, thank you so Congratulations. much. Congratulations. We will see you back here in the conference room very soon. I'm absolutely happy that I'm going to the next round, but it's not mine until it's mine. Gosh, I love that come I just see you, I won't lie. I know. <laughs> Look, each time she go out the door, it, it, it flares, and that is so beautiful. So I understand what they mean when it, the way that she just kind of twists it is it, it, dope. And so we've seen that Anitra has won in this challenge or in this episode, Anitra has won and she has, she's moving on to the semifinals uh, that's going to be with six ladies. And so, and so again, you know, like I was saying, they kept saying that she's all over the place or she needs to focus. I think the pieces that they aired, that she shared in that um, conference room, she it sounded like she had found her way. You know, she at first she was saying that the pieces didn't speak to her, the pieces that she was um, producing at first didn't speak to her. She took a step back, she came back, and now she has a collection of these kimonos that we all saw were beautiful. I love the way it flared out every time she went to close the door. You know, that was dope. But um, the judges kept saying that they're afraid that her being an artist needs to kind of reel that in and focus on one thing. And so I hope that when she comes back into the conference room during the semifinals, you know, I don't know what to expect during those rounds, but I hope that she has a more clear message as to what she's going to focus on and what she's going to use that money to produce. And I really do hope it's more of the kimonos at a reasonable price. Because we already saw her prices was $700 to $850. And then she said the one that she had on was a little bit more. And so that is a high price. And she, with those type of prices, she's targeting a, a certain set of people who could afford those things. Which speaks to her experience. She's been a designer for Vera Lane. And the man, Carl, who's who's over Chanel, who designed for Chanel and things like that. And so she she comes from that history of designing for high-end women. I really do hope that she takes her artistry and her vision and be able to make it 
for little old me so I can afford one because they do look dope. But, but anyway, I'm so glad that she was chosen and that she's able to uh, progress to the semifinals. So kudos to her and those dope designs that she has. Those are really dope. So, But thank you guys so much for tuning in and staying until the end. I really do appreciate it. Make sure you hit that like button and become a subscriber if you like this content. And make sure you check us out for the next episode.